he's in his library. Confound it, madam, my language is most controlled. I say we take off and nuke the entire siphon order. It's the only way to be sure. In a thousand years, Gondahar was destroyed. A thousand years ago, Gondahar will be saved. The spice extends life. Silent breed is people! Welcome, listener, to Starcrashed. In this podcast, we watch uh, various movies in science fiction and fantasy and whatnot. They have to be released before the year 2000, except when we <laughs> ignore this one rule that we have and decide to watch a film from 2000, uh, more specifically Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> because, of course, that is one of those films that you really want to make an exception of your one rule <laughs> uh, to watch. My name is Ebba. And my name is Linnea. So, Linnea, Dungeons and Dragons, please tell me the plot, because, <laughs> by God, I, I can't. <laughs> uh, it is kind of convoluted. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you that. Uh, but we have we, we, we start a tale in a fantasy land or a fantasy empire I should say called Ismir uh, and this empire has a new young empress Savina who isn't or, or she doesn't appear a lot in the movie but she has sort of her appearances uh, but she has this staff or rod or whatever they call it I don't remember uh, that makes her able to control golden dragons, I think. Uh, and she... This empire sort of... It's very divided in terms of classes. And I'm not talking D&D classes here, I'm talking like social classes. So you have the mages, which are the upper class, and they are very sort of privileged and everything. And then you have the commoners that are sort of... Everyone else. Yeah, everyone else. They are very far below that. Uh, but Savina is very much um, for everyone being equal in her empires, uh, etc. But the mages, or the, the, the Council of Mages, and especially uh, the mage Profion, played by uh, Jeremy Irons, <laughs> probably the, the most famous face from this film. Yes. Um, <laughs> The most famous character, also maybe, uh, for for that reason. But uh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, he he is the bad guy of the film, and he opposes this, <clears throat> and he, um, or well, both him and Empress Savina, um, start looking for another of these magical rods that makes them able to control red dragons, because that will sort of give them. Uh, the upper hand on the other, etc. And sort of mixed in with this, we get our main characters, which is uh, Ridley uh, and Snails, two thieves slash rogues that live, you know, among Mm. the commoners, uh, and uh, a young mage named Marina, who... the, The two thieves, they try to rob, like, the I don't know what they call it, the Tower of Mages or something, or the Mage uh, University I think the or Mage something. School, I think. Magic, yeah, no, the, the Mage- Magic School. 
yeah. magic school. Maybe yeah. something like that. Uh, <laughs> think think like a big giant library or or archive of magic stuff. Um, and uh, Marina sort of stops them. But when this is happening during this uh, this event, um, her sort of I don't know what what she called him or what she referred to him but her sort of master or her teacher yeah. or something is killed by one of uh, Profion's henchmen uh, because he has a map to the eye of the dragon which um, or no actually I think it is the map for the rod I don't remember exactly they have a map that the I, bad guy needs it's not important let me tell you I have no idea why the hell they wanted that map where it would take them <laughs> And why they couldn't just like copy it and then like I don't know it was bizarre but yeah uh, but uh, Marina's teacher is killed but she managed to grab the map and she escapes with our two uh, young thieves and sort of mishaps and shenanigans happened and uh, I don't remember what's the next step in the story here <laughs> Um, uh, well, uh, hmm. they did, uh, so, so right, this is so, the... yeah, they yeah. sort of along that, that road, they encounter the fourth team member, which is a dwarf named Elwood, dwarf fighter named Elwood. Oh, yes. <laughs> the very, very memorable fourth <laughs> member of this crew. <laughs> Let's not forget the very important character. <laughs> Yes, they do encounter him. And then also eventually they encounter an elf uh, who sort of tracks them f for the Empress's... Um, uh, I think the Empress has sort of yes. mm, asked her to or something like that. Yes. So, um, I mean, I think the, the problem for me when I sort of... Like when I'm hearing you recant this and, and try to tell you like what happens after they get the map and then dragons appear, like very <laughs> a lot of dragons. It's like I feel like they are just stumbling upon yeah. things and I have no idea where they're going. I really feel a lack of <sighs> drive, goal. I don't know why these why this these two thieves would be so invested and i don't buy the reason that ridley gives snails and i have to say snails is a horrible name i don't condone it i think it's really bad and not cute uh but i i don't i don't see what their stake in it is i think they uh, talk about well the eye of the dragon is the, the it, it's, a, it's, it's a ruby the size of a fist or something like that. Like, like ooh, cashing, money, money. But I feel like they, by then, should have been like, well, I don't think it's worth the risk. <coughs> I mm. think good thieves would know when the risk is not um, worth the possible reward. So I, I do think that these are the worst <laughs> possible thieves <laughs> in terms of like risk assessment. Uh, they do turn out to be good adventures in a way like they get the job done they do stumble at points but again i don't like why um mm. why are they doing this i really don't <laughs> feel and especially uh the dwarf <laughs> yeah 
We don't like, know anything about him. I have no idea why he joined them. I think he, he lost his hat and he wasn't angry about that. Why he joins them, why he sticks around. And like, like at one point, I think it was emotional. I was like, what the hell? is? <laughs> What's your motivation for in all of this? I can't see it. I, I no. I... Uh, they, they, they do manage to get the eye of the dragon through some yes. rather mm, sort of contrived happenings um they get the eye of the dragon from a guild master uh of the thieves guild in another town or something i think yes. played by richard o'brien and he that was really fun to see him uh <laughs> i'm sorry but one of my notes here says who the fuck is the dwarf and why is he here <laughs> And this was near, we had 10 minutes left of the film and I was still pondering this question. Yeah. Sorry if we're interrupting you, but yes. Um, but, but yeah, Richard Bryan's character sort of puts mm. them through this maze challenge uh, yes. that is k- kind of ripped off from Indiana Jones. Uh, Completely. Which is probably why I liked it the most, honestly. I thought uh, that Ridley's solutions to some of these things were kind of inventive. So there was one where knives, you, you know, one of those classic mm-hmm. like video game knife situation where like it's typical ad- Indiana Jones video game where like you have to time things like going between the massive blades. But he jumps on top of them instead and sort of like uses them as uh, swings, to kind of. swing. Yeah. Yep, swings is a good word yeah. for it. So I thought that was kind <coughs> of inventive in a way. So that yes, whole sequence, so. I yeah, yeah. still don't know why they went through the maze, but I enjoyed it <laughs> nonetheless. Well, they needed the Eye of the Dragon, which uh, I don't know what that contributed, actually. But yeah. Um, it opened a door at one... At, at the, yeah, did, yeah. Did they have... Who gave them the eye, though? Who gave them the eye in the end? They get the eye at the end of the maze. Right. Uh, and then... The Thieves Guild master um, says that now he wants it, but then the henchmen of the bad guy sort of also invade that area and there's a big fight. But did they still... Didn't they still talk about the map afterwards? Like, what was the... Yes, I think the map was not for the Eye of the Dragon. The map was for the rod. The uh, rod of Savril that controls the Red Dragons. And you needed the eye to open... You needed the eye, yes. Yes. But like I said, it's very convoluted. Uh, but they get all the pieces that they need. <laughs> and they went, they go to where the rod is. And it turns out that it's really only Ridley who can enter this for some reason. It's They talk about it like he's chosen for it or something. It's, uh, it doesn't make sense. But anyway, he goes in. He gets the rod. And then he comes out. And... The henchman of the bad guy. Uh, the henchman is called... Oh, what is this he called? It's something with a D. Blue lips. Yeah, blue lips. <laughs> D- Damodar. Damodar. Uh, Damodar. Yeah, that sounds... He has, yeah, he that, has yeah. a blue lipstick. Very fancy. Yes. <laughs> He's there <laughs> and he has kidnapped Marina. And Ridley is sort of in love with Marina at this point. So mm. she, he gives up the rod. And the rod goes to the bad guy. And there's a fight between the Empress and the bad guy the golden dragons and the red dragons but then the good guys Ridley and company once again manage to grab the rod mm. but they destroy it so the bad guy yes. can't use it and then the empress can in turn have a Steve. golden dragon eat the yes. bad guy essentially 
I feel like they should have uh, uh, they should have destroyed the, her rod as well. I feel like yeah, that's an ex- yeah. like a catastrophe waiting to happen in the wrong hands. Pretty like, much, yes, yes. But, but yes. I mean, that's that's one that's one of the things that I think that the Council of Mages want in the beginning yes. is for her to give up her rod, her rod of whatever it was called. Um, but that I that is sort of a plot by the bad guy yes. to weaken her and then she says no and it's just, <sighs> yes because I don't um, <laughs> so this is how we're like introduced to the bad guy in the beginning because he tries to manufacture a mm. rod to uh, control the dragons and it fails and then he's like well I guess we'll go to plan B which is sort of manipulate like by politics um, mm. things <clears throat> so that I end up with the rod which doesn't really work still because it becomes a civil war instead but you know he tried (laughs) (laughs) but he does this with the most ham-fisted politics ever in a film I feel like (laughs) Like, the empress is young and she wants change and we must make her understand that change is impossible and it's really bad because we want things to stay the way they are because it benefits us Ah, yes, she's dangerous because she wants change and we hate change. I mean, I'm almost quoting it, really, by saying all these things. It's, 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 it's that. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, when we, they when bought we... it, so it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a council of idiots, basically. Yes. Uh. Uh, and, and when we first see the Empress, she does appear very sort of young and naive. Because yes. she's sort of like, oh, well... Why can't everyone be happy and get along? Sort of. She says in her gold encrusted <laughs> dress. Exactly. <And> just <laughs> Dripping like, in jewelry. What? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> and I think that's one of these film saving graces, though. Like, it's it's uneven. I will say that. Like, there were points where it is just plain boring. But it is also highly entertaining in that sort of cheesy, bad movie way. Mm. I I do think it has those qualities. And because also like, um, so there's a lot of CGI in this film. Yes. Yes. Uh, And it is, it's more than there should be. Let's just put it like that. (laughs) Yes. Um, I mean, this movie... It was, it was, uh, I mean, let's just address the elephant in the room here. It was released by New Line Cinema almost exactly yes. a year before the first Lord of the Rings movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Lord of the Rings, or, the, you know, the first one, Fellowship of the Ring, still looks absolutely amazing. Dungeons and Dragons looks at least 10 years older than it is. <laughs> I mean, this has this has sort of the feel of, at least to me, sort of this 80s fantasy film, like Willow and um, Dark Crystal to some extent. Um, <laughs> but then you combine it with this horrible late 90s, early 2000s CGI that is just not up to par. Yes. I mean, I was talking, I was talking to one of my flatmates after I had seen this, and just sort of. This this era of CGI and 3D animation just mm-hmm. hasn't aged very well in no. movie or video games. Uh, it's it's weird. It's weird sort of. 
transition between what would become really great visual effects and what had been really great mm. pra practical visual mm. effects. But that transition is very... Ooh, yeah. It's rough. <laughs> it's, it's rough. rough. It's and very I think, rough. I think the problem is also because a lot of it in this like this transitional phase that that's, mm. I think it's a good description of it, is also that it, la it lacks a lot of charm. Mm. I think, which because you can forgive a lot if it has a lot of charm and heart to it. And it, I'm not saying that CGI can't have that. I'm just saying that a lot of it doesn't have that. And I, mm -hmm. I can't really say exactly why. But this one, I think it just looks wet and st stiff and I don't know. It's, it's so, you know, it, it, it has that sort of the wet feeling that not not like when when something isn't texturized enough mm -hmm. that sort of look to it and uh, it's just it's just ugly but at the same time it fits perfectly in a film like this <laughs> <laughs> like i think give it a decade or more so and i think we'll we'll um, have have uh, have different uh, glasses when we watch these kinds of films <laughs> like we'll we'll have uh, we're not far enough where we can get nostalgic about these things. Like, no, give it a little bit more time. But this film does have a lot of CGI and this kind of CGI doesn't look like the two things are happening in the same space at the same time, which is <laughs> no. a problem when things are supposed to be <laughs> tense. <laughs> like you really have actors like pretending, oh, something is on my back, but there is nothing <laughs> near on that back and you can tell so it, it has a lot of those issues mm. uh, but it does have uh, let's talk about some good things i think it's very colorful which i think is which i like because a few more years into the oos here and uh, we're gonna be like gray dark fantasy way more leaning into into that than mm. we are right now like this is still 90s tv fantasy styled and it's cute in that way mm. and it's got some fun costumes as well i'll give it that it's got some dorky looking costumes as well <laughs> <laughs> the elf is especially uh guilty of this her outfit is the worst it looks like an absolute afterthought <laughs> like they spent way too much sculpting that <laughs> chest plate and then they forgot about the rest of the outfit <laughs> pretty much it's so bad <laughs> so bad <laughs> Ooh. however ridley is looking fine <laughs> Oof, that is a nice ass that is a nice ass in a nice outfit and a great <laughs> hair and i have zero complaints i like the high-waisted pants it's great 10 out of 10 perfect <laughs> looks yes. like a disney hero like yes. in live action format <laughs> perfect no complaints you know when i when i had uh, watched this movie and i was sort of thinking of what did i like about this oh yes i did like ridley and his very fine ass uh, and i sent you a picture of it and just chef's yes. kiss <laughs> this is why we're watching this film <laughs> yes this is uh, if you have one if you need one reason to watch it that would be it Basically. Yes. Yep. 
How do you feel about snail's hat? <laughs> um, it's a hat. It's a crime. It's not a hat. It's a crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say it's, about it. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> I I ah, oh, it's so bad. <laughs> The elf's chest plate and his hat is like, it's an unholy union of too much ugliness in one shot and I hate it so much. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, it's okay. <sighs> but I, I, I am on the same sort of wavelength as, as you here. Um, it is it is a surprisingly colourful uh, fantasy movie, which... It's a good thing, but I think it's also one of the reasons why it does feel older than it is. Yes. Um, because it still does have those sort of... I don't want to say dorky clothes, because that's not really the apt, an apt description, but compared to... I know what to, you mean, though. Yeah, compared to what we sort of would be used to a year later, uh, they do look kind of cheap. But but in a good way, if that makes sense. Uh, they look like TV production yes. clothing of the same era. Like if, yes. for example, you have, I think you could probably compare it to like Stargate, Cena, the Warrior Princess. Mm. Uh, those are the bigger ones that pops into my head immediately. But like those kind of like... Uh, episodic and you end, end up in a situation and this is like a very small budget and everything it, it's that kind of clothing but still a bit better a bit better but uh, a bit better budget than that a bit better budget like why would i why did i do that to myself <laughs> that was so hard to say <laughs> oh. <laughs> say that 10 times <laughs> yeah i think one of the drawbacks that the clothes or the costumes maybe have is that they they feel a little bit too modern in sort of yes. the style. Um, they don't really feel historical, which is kind of what you expect from, from a fantasy movie of this type. Yeah, um, medieval like. Like, uh, you know, snails. I think he has a hoodie on underneath his sort of leather vest. So, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, sort of... The the um, the coherence of the style uh, is not perfect. If you if we say it, put it definitely, up. yeah. And I'm just thinking like um, like what film to compare it with, which probably <coughs> has mm, approximately the same budget. And I was thinking of uh, in the name of the king by mm. um, that stars Jason Statham. And I have to say I haven't watched that film completely because it, it came off as so boring to me when i watched it is it, i have watched it i have watched I, all of it. it is incredibly boring you are a stronger <laughs> person than i am because i could not could not do it and that film does have that which you were talking about like that transition into more sort of like dreary looking gray clothing as far as i re from what i remember of watching that and i think that's like <clears throat> I think we forgive more when things look that way. 
mm. like the gray four I, I would almost call like four series look to it do you get what I'm what I mean by that like it looks like yeah. it's more serious and more um expensive and thought thought out but it's it's basically it's, it's just like the colors of the clothing that's that's different <laughs> that's it like <laughs> basically my god does it look boring when i've like imaged searched it on google it like oh spam <laughs> there's three of them they did three of these yeah did they, they did do that many one. i've only yeah. seen the first one yeah He's only in the first one. That's from 2006. So that's <clears> like, yeah, that's when we start to get the more. It's the same with science fiction, though. Like, where is the color? I feel like they just mm. forgot about how to dye clothes in the future in a lot of television series and fantasy films. It's like, no, yeah. they love zippers and gray. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah in, in, in science fiction movies, it's like blue and gray and sort of mm-hmm. metal. Uh, type yes. of, of colors and in a fancy movie it's like brown and sepia and <laughs> oh my god and a little bit of green because they're often in nature so yes. oh my god we've cracked we've cracked the code here oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well 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 um so i haven't watched the uh, so this is being rebooted as like a movie franchise because if we didn't start with that dungeons and dragons Dungeons and Dragons isn't a film in its original um, shape conception. Form. Yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah. So they're making a reboot of the film, or a reboot of making a movie adaptation of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I haven't seen the trailer now in a while. But do do you have it fresh in your mind and like how it compares to uh, to this? Um. Not not incredibly fresh in my mind, but I think I sort of remember the overall feel of it. Um, I mean, to some extent, I think it's a little bit similar because you have this sort of crew of thieves and rogues, it appears like, and your your um, dwarves and your elves that are sort of the staples of. Dungeons and Dragons um, but I think and this is just my impression and I might be mm. wrong because no one's seen the film so far but I think the <laughs> we new will one help you, hold yeah. you accountable <laughs> <laughs> but I think the new one Honor Among Thieves does stick a little bit closer to the source material because oh, interesting. Dungeons and Dragons the one we're, we're talking about in this podcast episode it's a fantasy film that sort of just happened to have the Dungeons and Dragons label, uh, is my impression. Hmm. Really, the only thing that I noticed that I feel is from the role playing game is this fact that uh, red dragons are sort of a big thing. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other than that, I don't recognize any any um, canon lore or anything, and I'm hmm. not an expert, but. There is a lot of established canon lore for Dungeons and Dragons uh, that they sort of can, can take uh, stuff from, and I don't feel that the 2000 movie did that. And I think the new one probably sort of learned a lesson from the 2000 movie uh, because the 2000 movie got a lot of um, critique, a lot of. Um, 
negative feedback or constructive feedback maybe uh, in just how it sort of handled the source material. Mm. Um, I mean, there is a, a beholder that appears for like two seconds in the film and a, a beholder is this giant eye creature yes. and, and it's in it for a very short while and it's more of a easter egg than, than anything else. Uh, but there are other D&D creatures that are supposed supposedly in the film but they don't really look like they're supposed to so it's it's uh, it made a lot of fans upset at the time hmm. and I think I think and I hope that the new movie has sort of learned that lesson and is more respectful towards the mm. source material is, is, is my impression so far but uh, it remains to be seen how, how well they succeed yeah because <clears throat> I mean, from that then, like, I'm, I'm just a bit confused, I think, to like, who, who was this for, basically? Yeah, that's a very that's, good question. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, who, I who, think... Who wants this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe the, the guy who directed it, uh, Courtney Solomon, he was actually a big D&D fan. So I think in his mind, he wanted to make a great D&D movie hmm. but somewhere along the way and I don't really know why or how but somewhere along the way it, it sort of lost track of its origin and maybe tried to do too much mm. I mean we've already yes. sort of concluded that the story is convoluted and contrived and it's very hard to explain for someone who's not into fantasy because it will make no sense if you try to do that yes <laughs> but it's it's kind of weird because it's 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 very convoluted and at the same time it's overly simplified yes. so it's it's really it's almost like if you were to make a joke out of the fantasy genre like this is what you would end mm -hmm. up with if that makes mm -hmm. sense like it's bizarre <laughs> <laughs> and I also feel like if you were to, if you wanted to make, because it's like you're trying to shove a, a, a ragtag adventure film into a grand epic and the shoe, it does not fit. Like it doesn't fit well. Mm. I think if they would have stuck and really worked with those four this tight knit that's supposed to be tight knit crew like there's absolutely no tension when when uh ridley's girlfriend and the two other ones are being held hostage it's like mm. oh, i wish i could care but i <laughs> i don't i mean ridley looks sad so i'm sad for ridley but but if they are if they would have worked a bit on that and just like have the stakes be lower mm. like i some something else maybe I'm trying to figure something out that would fit from what little I can gather from this film, but it's just it, it feels like when that when that massive massive dragon fight comes on in the end, mm. and you have the golden dragons against the red dragon, and it's set in this steampunk sepia hellhole of a city. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, wait, what's happening? Why does it look like a video game? And it's awful and <laughs> it's. It's jarring. <laughs> Ooh. It's weird. They tried they tried to do too many things like you say. Yeah, yeah, too many things and they I don't think they had 
a focused vision for what the movie was was going to be. Um, yes, and well to maybe to some extent you can blame the source material because Dungeons and Dragons, the role playing game, both in the year two thousand and even today, is a very widespread fantasy realm because it has so many sort of flavors to it and that's that that's the appeal of a role-playing game is that you can do all sorts of things you can do steampunk you can do D in space is a thing it's called spelljammer (laughs) and you know you role play role play um, gamers we we love that sort of thing because that means that we can tell our own stories using this <clears throat> but it also sort of mean that if we're gonna do a movie or a TV show, whatever it might be, a video game, I don't know, if we're gonna do that, then we're gonna say we're gonna set it in the D and D world. Well, which one? Yeah. <laughs> what part of D and D do you want to use? You can't use all of it because that's too much. <laughs> how do we limit this? Exactly. Like how, exactly. Yeah, boundaries. <laughs> And the D&D world in this film is both too big and too small at the same time for what they're trying to do. Um, because you have they, they do try to sort of portray this, this epic fight between good and evil, uh, sort of in the style of Star Wars, etc. Mm. But then really all you have is one kingdom which you yeah. don't really know a lot about, except it has no. a council of mages and it has an empress and they don't agree on things. <laughs> on one political issue, which you don't <laughs> see enough of the ramifications <laughs> of like either the state right now or what would be at stake. Like it's really, mm. uh, it's hard to be invested in it. <laughs> it's super hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like, like the empress, you know, apparently she's new as an empress, but what happened that made her empress? Is she the daughter of the former emperor? I don't know, because we don't know anything about her. Where's her resume? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <I> <laughs> and and, and Profion, the, the main bad guy, why is he so evil? Why does he want to, to take control of the things? You know, it's... it's mm, it leaves a lot to be desired. <laughs> Definitely. Jeremy Irons acting it up, though, does not leave anything to be desired. I love it. It's like... It's <laughs> you can hardly it's... hear what she he's saying sometimes because oh. he's just like so into it. Let me tell you, half of the issues with this film and me not understanding what's going on is because I couldn't hear what he was saying. And also, I don't know if the DVD that I bought was like pirated or something. Oh. It looked reputable. There is like an actual like DVD, you know, Mm-hmm. the proper paper and everything but the sound was i got used to it but the sound was really bad Ooh. like voices were low everything like certain things happening were really loud and then there was like this scrapey noise and especially when jeremy irons was speaking and then he's also like <laughs> he's speaking like that so we didn't make it any better i was like no i got used to it so i was starting like to pick up how everyone was speaking but i i did struggle a bit especially like the first five to ten minutes i was like hmm we're setting up a lot of things right now but i don't understand what most people are saying <laughs> i don't know you did probably didn't have any issues, so I think it must have been my 
my copy or something. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, we do have a sort of home cinema setup, so that mm, might help. Mm. Uh, with Pro- probably, quality. probably. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, this movie it was an experience. Yeah. Not necessarily a good experience, but I am happy that we saw it for the yes. podcast. Um, yes. Part of me, and this is sort of the part of me that wishes this movie was 10 years older than it is, kind of felt <clears throat> almost nostalgic for the style of it. Uh, because it is, it is this sort of fun fantasy adventure that doesn't take itself too seriously. Mm. And it reminds me of movies like Willow. Yes. Um, like uh, a little bit of The Mummy almost. Mm. Um, and and sort of that. Oh, I know what almost, you mean. Yeah, kind of almost retro style fantasy film, I would say. Yes. Uh, never ending story. Uh, you know, with the 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 young empress and everything. Uh, good, good. It reminded me of good films, and I guess yes. that's a good thing. Even though the movie itself, you know, the Dungeons Dragons isn't necessarily a good film, but it reminded me of films that I really like and, and sort of the fantasy experience that I really like. Yes. So there's that. I absolutely think that this film was trying to emulate those things like 100%. And there, that I think that's why there are like glimmers of something fun and, 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 and nice about it. Like mm. we did mm. mention the maze uh, scene, for example, and there were a few b- bits here and there and some... Even some like stage stages they had like the set. I don't know what you call it a stage, right? Like when you have like a set and it's like yeah. like some of those I liked as well. And it's also because it does have that sort of television budget, but we're gonna make the most out out of it. Um, feel feel to it, which mm. I I like. I I like when you can't do absolutely everything with CGI because it, it limits you and, and makes you creative in different ways. I love what CGI can do as well. I'm not one of those people. Nope, no, no, no. <laughs> but but so as so I, I absolutely get what you're saying. I think I think mo- a lot of films today that are sort of like the superhero films and a lot of the fantasy films, like the stakes are so high. And the serious seriousness is so high, <laughs> so I feel like you only get this sort of more um, adventure sort of. It almost feels like Jumanji, and those are way too mm. goofy. Those are way more into comedy than what we are talking about here, like um, like the balance that. Indiana Jones, for example, has. It's a, it's a different type of balance and feel to those. Mm. So yeah, I get I get what you're saying. Definitely. <coughs> Definitely. I would even place uh, Stargate, like the film Stargate in this mm. bunch. I know... Well, I mean, at least I've, I feel like it's not a very liked film. I remember liking it a lot when I was younger. I, I haven't seen it in 10 years, so I should probably rewatch it in order to say more about that. But... Um, that sort of adventure feel to it, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. We should uh, we should put Stargate on our watch list for the podcast. We should. Yeah. We should. That's, that's one that 
I haven't seen in a while and yeah. maybe like to revisit. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Uh, sp- speaking of cute guys in adventure films. <laughs> 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 Don't remember his name, but he's cute. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> now I'm just thinking of, you know, sort of Harrison Ford as a yes. solo and Brendan Fraser in The Mummy. <laughs> That's the joke, right? My my uh, my sexuality is... And then it's like the cast of The Mummy or something yes. like that. There's a meme somewhere and that's where yes. I'm trying to get it. That's, which is so funny. <laughs> but it's a good looking film. <laughs> Have we done The Mummy? We should do The Mummy as well. Oh, we should totally do The Mummy. Like, why not? Like, I, wanna, <coughs> I want any reason to watch The Mummy. So why, why not do what we want? It's our podcast, goddamn. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> We're going to gush over The Mummy if we want to. Yes, and then we'll go with Stargate so we get more pretty boys <laughs> from the 90s, okay? That's what we want right now. <laughs> yeah, Any, any, anything else that you want to talk about in regards to Dungeons and Dragons? <sighs> well... Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, what can I say? It's um, not really a D and D movie. Uh, I have I have high hopes that the new one, Honor Among Thieves, uh, will will uh, succeed better in that area. But like I said earlier, watching this, it did remind me of a lot of the fantasy films that I really love, mm-hmm. and I kind of I kind of had a good time. Anyway, you know, it's it's. Yes, it's it's bad, it's cheesy, it's convoluted, it's contrived, but it was kind of fun. Um, once you sort of get into the style and you you sort of realize, yeah. oh, it's it's this kind of movie, it's this kind of acting, it's this kind of character development. Yeah. Well, once you sort of just accept that, you're along for the ride and yeah. you can have a good time with it. You don't yes. necessarily will, it, but it depends on you. But but you can have a good time, and I think I think I was in the right mindset at the time. So yeah, yeah, like it's it's visually fun for the most part, and I'm excluding like the dragon scenes, like those are not fun. <laughs> yes. But like it's visually fun, uplifting, not too serious, but at times too serious, and those are probably also the boring parts, and mm. the nonsensical parts are also the boring parts. But it's not it's not as bad as I feel the reputation sort of has become mm. even though we've, we've really liked we've really given it our all here when it comes to criticism and making fun <laughs> of it but it's still like it's not it's not as bad as i feel like oh this is way better than and i haven't even seen in the name of king and i still feel like i can say this it's <laughs> way better than in the name of the king a film i've watched like a whole 15 minutes of it's way it's way better <laughs> confidently can say this <laughs> I mean, I think if this movie didn't have the D and D name attached to it, I think it would have it would be remembered more fondly than it is. But yes. because it is a D and D film, or it claims to be a D and D film, then people who are into the role playing game or just into the D and D world, they will see this and this. They will go, "What the heck was that?" <laughs> And also imagine this being your first introduction to D&D. Uh-huh. And, sp- and honestly, like, 
this is <clears throat> my first introduction to D&D. Like I know peripheral things and if, you know, if, 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 a few things. But like if we say like a complete story like this, like this is my first introduction. And if I didn't know that there are better aspects to D&D, I would be like, ooh, not for me, you know. So imagine this 20 years ago and this is your introduction. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they are not touching D&D <laughs> after this. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and I'm still so amazed that this was made by New Line Cinema or produced by New Line Cinema. Yeah. But it does not have the Lord of the Rings budget, let me tell you. <laughs> No, I, I don't know if they were in like a hurry to buy up certain um, IPs or something, and then they just went with it to get it done. Mm. I I don't know. Like it's it's baffling. Um, Very baffling. Yeah, what yeah. happened there? <laughs> yes, stunned. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think what happened is that uh, the guy who wanted to direct the Dungeons and Dragons movie wasn't maybe a well-known director but the guy mm. who wanted to direct Lord of the Rings was Peter Jackson and he was kind of a big thing even before Lord of the Rings so yes <laughs> that that probably helped a little bit probably helped a little <laughs> bit um <laughs> the history books <coughs> will uh tell us later I guess <laughs> But, uh, you know, it does make me um, intrigued to watch the reboot. From what I remember of that trailer, it looked fun, cute, possibly overly high-staked, which is just like how we're doing films right now. (laughs) Um, I can't wait for this era to be over, (laughs) she said bitterly. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it's it's been fun uh, uh, watching this and... um, yeah, I don't think I have anything more to say about Dungeons and Dragons, honestly. It's, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's not really a and d film, but it is yeah. a decent fantasy film, if if you don't yeah. uh, con- sort of connect it to, to an already established canon. It's, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's and a really long television episode. <laughs> Exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and the character of Ridley has a really nice ass, so you can watch it for so that. So what, you know, what, what else can you really want? <laughs> well, I mean, I usually do sort of a double feature kind of thing here in the end of um, of the episode, but I think I've already sort of mentioned the ones that I would go with, uh, which is Indiana Jones, The Mummy, Willow, Neverending Story, um, Lord of the Rings, why not? Uh, <laughs> uh, um, that that type of film. <clears throat> I mean, there yeah. there are many more titles that you can choose, but oh, but definitely. That's but. that's the the uh, um, storytelling tradition that D and D fits in. Um, Dragonheart is maybe also one yes. that you can pick. Yeah. Yes, very close in age as well. Mm, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
And we also sometimes do, uh, should this be remade uh, at the end here? But that's sort of a moot question because it is getting remade or at least rebooted. So, yes, <laughs> we we will uh, probably they check out. They beat us the to the punch. So yes, please. exactly. <laughs> so, uh, listener, have you seen Dungeons and Dragons from 2000? Uh, or maybe you've seen the sequels to this because you've got two sequels. <laughs> <laughs> Poor you. <laughs> then, yes, we, we, we're probably not going to watch those. Uh, or no. maybe we will. Who knows? We'll see. But first, <laughs> we need to get to Stargate and the Mummy. So, you know, exactly, we're busy. Exactly. <laughs> we, we got the, the schedule for the whole next year planned. So, hey, we have, we have talked about several films. <laughs> we could probably fill 10 years at this point. Exactly. <laughs> so, <exactly>. we're good. <laughs> But if you want to share your thoughts with us, you can reach us at starquestpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, please join us next time as we sit down and talk about another movie. Bye-bye. Bye.